A new year is full of surprises, but one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take care of orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code PROGRAM. Hello and welcome to part two of this week's Clash of the Titles. Shocktober! The podcast that for the month of October pits two horror movies with lots in common in a fight to the death to see which one comes out victorious. That's right, it is our Halloween countdown that is... Shocktober! We spent Monday's episode having novelty Halloween masks forced on us by an aggressive marketing campaign. And today, the consumer in all of us is falling prey to another brilliant bit of advertising as we simply can't get enough of 1985's The Stuff. The Stuff is here now. Great new day sensation. Light and free now. Get you elevation. Enough is never enough. Enough is never enough of The Stuff. The stuff, the taste that makes you hungry for more. The stuff, taste that delivers. We interrupt this presentation with the following urgent message. Tonight, America is in grave danger. So which film in this week's cautionary commercial quarrel will be victorious? We'll have a winner at the end of the show, so let's get it on. Welcome to Clash of the Titles. Hello, Clash Butters. Nobody's mouth can open that wide. I'm Alex Zane. I'm Vicky Crumpton. I'm Chris. <laughs> and welcome to part two of Halloween 3, Season of the Witch versus the Stuff. As you well know, at the end of this show, we'll have the verdict where we will declare which is definitively the better film. Before we get into this episode, though, it's time once again for a dip into the digital mailbag and a review for one of you to make us feel better about us. Read by Chris Tilly, a.k.a. Chris Thrilly. I couldn't find a good new one, so I've gone back and found our very first ever review. Do you, want to sit, do you want to hear what was said about us four years ago? No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a great new pod made by its presenters. They bounce off one another well, entertain and really know their stuff. Comes recommended five stars. That's from ARH106. Wow. Do you think we were more enthusiastic? <laughs> I'm not joking. I was talking to someone today who said they'd listened to one of the very early episodes. This happened today. And I was like, oh, that's nice. Oh, was it weird? Was it? No, no, it was really good. Chris sounded really happy. And I was like, what? <laughs> and they said, yeah, over the years, you've just lost, like, you're still mm, you, but you, you sound so 
like chippy and yeah that's what that's what they said <laughs> you've just enraged me. and i was like oh we've broken him we've wrecked him and they were like if you listen to the <laughs> the pitch of your voice that i was such a happy go lucky guy <laughs> yeah but i don't remember you like that but so much apparently... joy in my heart <laughs> wow and now he's just all well, beaten and worn is, is that our legacy we wrecked him <laughs> <laughs> we wrecked Chris. well hopefully you'll hear happy me today because the fact that i've got this over the line and we're talking about the stuff yeah. makes me happy of course all right, then. Uh, let's not dwell on the past. Uh, let's not look back. Let's look forward. What the future holds in working on making Chris happy again? <laughs> on Monday, I was talking about how TV will rot your brain, literally, which means today junk food will make you feel hollow inside. Chris, take us on a journey happily. The stuff is what happens when you eat creamy white material oozing out of a hole. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> We're there already. That's it. Oh, you yeah, but that should just be it. <laughs> but what is it? The stuff is tasty, but it also controls your mind in high doses. It's sentient, I think, and can impersonate the inside of a pillow. <laughs> well, it also makes dogs really clever. But the reason the stuff is really dangerous is because it poses a threat to the ice cream industry. So a bunch of ice cream suits hire an irresistible industrial saboteur who teams up with a horny marketing executive, an angry chocolate chip magnate and a racist colonel to show the stuff that we've all had enough. Lovely. Yep. So when did you, you think first... You, I think you covered all my changes in that synopsis. Uh, so when did you first see the stuff this week? Uh, Thursday-ish, Thursday, Friday, I think, just trying to get it done. You have spoken very highly of it. Not highly, just a lot about it. a masterpiece, I think, <laughs> the words. So we have to do this. I'll we tell you my story. So I would go to Shoals Video Store down my local high street and I saw the video cover, the luminous green stuff coming out of the mouth, and it terrified me. It was one of those video covers that got in my brain and I was frightened then I was a bit older I saw the trailer for it it looked like a really really frightening film one that I didn't want to see because I was scared of horror films and then when I was about 15 I went to Beano's in Croydon and bought a second hand VHS of this for 5 99 with that same cover I've still got the VHS with that green cover and watched it and it's like oh no this is <laughs> fucking ridiculous what was I frightened of although I guess some of the imagery could be a little bit frightening if you're a child the way people's mouths open is a bit terrifying yeah, yeah chocolate Chip Charlie's death is pretty grotesque. It's pretty, yeah, it's pretty grotesque. Mm. And the stuff is not green. So were you disappointed? Unless I've watched a different film. No, you're absolutely right. The stuff is not green. No, and, and yet a lot of the white. marketing campaign was green. <laughs> Great. Um, so, yeah, but I found it to be a fascinating film. It got me into the movies of Larry Cohen, who um, Alex and I talk about. Alex is a big fan of Cue the Winged Serpent. Mm. There's a film called It's Alive he did that we should do. There's a film called God Told Me To. I like his style, um, especially when he had a hit with Phone Booth about a man yes. on a phone for 90 minutes and followed up with Cellular yes. about a man on a phone for 90 minutes. I've seen both of those. I see what you've done. I mean, we could do it. It wouldn't be a bad week. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and I've wanted to do it here. It, this has been like society for me where it's like, oh, no, is this going to be a horrible week for everyone? Is everyone going to hate me if we do these, no. this film? Uh, but when I realised it would go with Halloween 3 that I really wanted to do, not realising how well it would go, I got super excited. So that's why, why I put you all through this. <laughs> um, so, this came to Larry Cohen while he was having a shower. I get my best ideas in the shower. Great. As all his ideas do, apparently, <laughs> or did. R.I.P. Um, he was thinking about products being recalled. He was thinking about McDonald's milkshakes and what's in them. Well, do you know what? I've not had one for years, and I had one very recently. And Delicious. they are, no, it was what? not nice. It was really warm. 
Oh. Like, and I don't, I'm not good with like warm, like milk, I like, I like ice cream, it's complicated. So I was like, mm, yum, yum, yum. And I was like, it's, it was like blood war. Blood <laughs> war. <laughs> you Why? could have said like coffee warm or something. <laughs> Apologies to our potential sponsor, McDonald's. <laughs> I like your burgers. Yeah, yeah. But no, they, they can be blood warm. <laughs> They're meant to be blood warm. They're supposed to be warmer <laughs> than your blood, I think. I've always thought this film was kind of about fast food. Uh, turns out it isn't. But, um, <laughs> but, I mean, can we just quickly talk about the crap we ate in the 80s? This was made in 1975. I'm sure this was on his mind that we would just, we would watch and eat cartoons, basically, <laughs> wouldn't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, mean God, some of the breakfast cereals, that was the one that I, I always think, think back and go, I was shoveling like, mm. like Nesquik cereal down my throat, like chocolate. And I'd, cut, I'd pour sugar on top of yeah. it. Um, but kids are Apologies much more. to next Nesquik potential <laughs> sponsor. Yeah. But kids are much more healthy these days, aren't they? they we're more aware of, I mean, yeah. I don't know who's eating what but we're more aware of what's in the stuff I yeah. think so sorry the food um, and maybe controls are tighter I don't know well that's I the thing that's Jamie the Oliver thing that... he would rather I think of this all the time I don't eat breakfast cereal but he thinks that the aisle in the supermarket shouldn't say breakfast cereal in order to get your head around what it actually is it should say desserts because there's so much sugar in it that it doesn't really qualify as a breakfast food. And of all the foods out there, it's the one that is specifically targeted at kids. Look at this cartoon leprechaun. Look at this cartoon mm. rabbit. Look at this. Look, mm. at, look at monkey. You love monkeys. <laughs> Don't you, <this> cereal? <laughs> I'll tell you how bad it got in the 80s. Uh, because of some FDA regulations that came in, um, ketchup was declared a vegetable right. by the government <laughs> to bypass nutrition regulations at schools. Wow. That's how bad it got in the 80s. <laughs> is, is it not? <laughs> I mean, it's majority tomatoes? It's not majority tomatoes, no, right, but okay. they're, they're in there somewhere. That's fine. It's one Maybe. Of, one of your five a day, kids. What I remember most, it was it the 80s or very early 90s, was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles pizza, hmm. but it was the chocolate one with marshmallows on, and that'd be like, that's dinner. Well, tea, because northern. But we would have that for our tea. A chocolate pizza with marshmallows yeah, on? Yeah, it was brilliant. What? <laughs> this was an actual that's just a chocolate. Yeah. That's just a chocolate cookie. Yeah, but you baked it. It was delicious. And yeah, do you remember I kind those of mooses? Arctic, do you remember uh, the, re- the cheapest mooses ever? They were 10 for a pound from... Mm. Uh, Oh my God! Yeah. They were oh, they're they were well nice. <laughs> All right, I mean, we're, t- we're turning into a Peter K routine. That's what we have to remember, though. All of this stuff, it, it, tastes, it was delicious. It tasted amazing, yeah, it but ju- did it just m- made but, you live shorter? But were we eating paint? Like it was just we were eating colours rather than foods, nutrition. Yeah. Anyway, so I watched this film and thought, oh, he's making a comment on food. Turns out, Larry Cohen, uh, this movie is about cigarettes. Okay. Mm. So he grew up around cigarettes, watching actors promote cigarettes on the TV, watching uh, uh, people try and hook children on cigarettes, watching during World War II soldiers being given cigarettes for free and coming back addicted to them. And he wanted to make a film about that, but he said cigarettes aren't much fun. And they will come for you. <laughs> that <laughs> lobby is powerful. But he's, yeah, he's <laughs> the hitmen too. <laughs> but, so he said, uh, what could be more benevolent than ice cream? So he made it about... Essentially so is it ice cream, cream or is it yogurt? Because we don't keep know. it in the fridge. It's something that bubbles out of a hole in the ground. I don't know that it's uh, <laughs> anything. I think it might be beyond definition. <laughs> I, I did feel like I needed to know what what, what it tastes so like. So I, exactly. yeah. I spent a large portion of the start of this movie going, I 
really, really want some stuff. I <laughs> think I was like, I no, think I, I think it tastes like melted marshmallow. I was going to yes. say, I was going to say, the inside of a marshmallow. Mm. We agree. Yeah, that's what it is. Then yeah. that's what we're talking about. But obviously, it's about consumerism. Um, he said it's about the poison of society and people who make money just selling for the sake of selling. Um, and he said uh, before he did a documentary about this before he passed away, and he said now he, he thinks you could apply this to medication mm. about the the drugs the FDA approved that should never be approved where you've got that long list at the end of adverts in America of the, the side effects. Yeah. How, fa- one- how fast can someone's voice be speeded up and still be legally legible <laughs> to an audience? Hey, Ken goes... <laughs> yeah, like, what the f- I definitely heard Did death. I hear death? <laughs> So, um, so it's interesting. I, I, I think there's a line in it in the movie where Michael Moriarty's character pointedly says, "I don't drink," and so I think he's. I think as well as cigarettes, mm-hmm. he's talking about the alcohol industry and cool. how glamorous alcohol is meant to be, which I think is why his character is impervious to wanting to try the stuff because he's not susceptible mm. to being told something is cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is great. He's, he's not going to follow. The, he's it. not going to follow the crowd. Yeah. Um, I think at the end they say it's aliens in her final speech, but yeah. he's also talked about it, that we've been doing tremendous amounts of damage to our planet. Is this the Earth trying to fight back by splurging forth the stuff? I do remember when the... Because I used to... This job I had years ago, I was reading like Marketing Week for research, and there was a big sea change coming because it became illegal or finable or something, something, to suggest in your adverts that alcohol made you, and there was a list of things, popular, more friendly, more lugubrious, a warmer person, and a, a more a more successful person. So all the booze companies were like, fuck, that's all we do. Like, what do we do? So you couldn't have, you could have friends raising a glass together, but you couldn't make the connection that if you drink this, you'll get those friends, which you forget that's kind of where we were. So when you see booze adverts now, they've had to jump through all those hoops to go, we really want you to drink this stuff and we want you to get drunk because we want you to think you're very funny and popular and attractive, mm. but we cannot show you being attractive. So fascinating. I would say about midnight on Saturday night, I was very funny and attractive. What, 100%? <laughs> My God, like, yes. As we I, all were. <laughs> and I thought a Jägermeister and Red Bull were a wonderful combination. And, had and belonged together. <laughs> belonged Who together. put these things mm. together? Magic, magic um, juice. <laughs> um, so Larry Cohen supervises every aspect of his films. If you don't like anything in one of his films, you can entirely blame him. <laughs> he's sort of, he's a bit of a titan. He runs and guns. A lot of his, it's shot gorilla style, just grab shots in bars and restaurants and what have you and so he makes it on quite a low budget but he doesn't necessarily let uh, the producers know what's going on or let them see anything so um, financiers were expecting a traditional horror movie when Larry <laughs> delivered the finished movie to them. Mm. Uh, as he said, I didn't show it to anyone until it was too late to change it. <laughs> um, and it's good if you can get away with it. Yeah, of course. He's, he, and he, to be fair, he spent an entire career pretty much getting away with it. Um, but he believed, well, they weren't happy with it, so they buried it, essentially. And he had all these ideas about how to market it. He wanted to put fake trailers in cinemas. He wanted to have coupons in magazines for the stuff. He wanted to have celebrities endorsing it. He really wanted to build up the Expensive this product. Yeah, but it would also be it would have also been great because he clearly spent a lot of time designing the cart and designing the theme tune. He wanted to sell the stuff ice cream in concession stands outside the cinema. God, I love that. That's, I mean, and that's 
that would have been great because it would have created. I really wish he'd been able to do. Well, that. and he would have today because those fake trailers would have gone online and gone yeah. viral potentially, especially if he got some celebrities in them. So, I think he was ahead of the curve in terms of how you would market a film like this. But obviously, at the time. They didn't know what the hell to do with and it. And also, if you if you if you want money for that, you have to show us the movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Can I have five? Well, no, I haven't even seen it. Yeah. It's but, exactly what you wanted. Yeah. What was it you wanted? Pure horror. Pure horror. That's what it is. But it has built up a cult following online. It mm. became a hit on video, and so and that's why we're talking about it today. Do you want to know whose favourite movie this is? <laughs> Colin Farrell. Yes. Yeah. Who? This is. Uh, one of the Harry Potter cast's favourite ever movie. Alan Rickman. No. Tom Felton. No. Grint. Yes. Grint. <laughs> Rupert Grint. This is Rupert Grint. Classic Grint. Favourite movie. Isn't that amazing? Why is it when I heard that, I was like, bloody love Grint. Mate. Yeah. Bloody love Mate. well played Grint. We should have got him on as a guest. <laughs> I only found out about it with 20 minutes to go until the record. You, yeah. you know people in high places. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I should. I'm going to shout it at him next time he walks past me. In hanging. <laughs> Get stuffed! Didn't, didn't say it, but yes. <laughs> In your gated compound. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a lot like the town from Halloween 3. <laughs> right, let's talk about this a movie. Uh, so we start with snow, a snowstorm. Mm. Um, they didn't have equipment to shoot in snow, and that snowstorm came out of nowhere. Um, Larry Cohen was told by his team that his equipment would explode if they shot in the snow. He said, I don't care. Uh, they got the shots, and some of the equipment did break, which caused him real issues financially. Um, it looks good, but I do think it makes us think that the stuff might be in the snow, yes. which isn't the point in the film. No. <laughs> Wait, equipment in snow explodes? That's what Larry Cohen says. Now, he tells a tall tale. Yeah, so I'll, I'll say yeah, it's, it's a bit cold, so things might catch fire to keep warm. <laughs> Uh, so some workmen find this stuff bubbling up. It tastes real good. Another bloke joins him. He likes it too. It's a bit. It's a, it's very much uh, the start of uh, Lord of the Rings: The Two Towers when Schmeagel finds the the ring and his friends like, oh, let me see that. And he's like, no, it's mine, mine. <laughs> like these, the, the, initially, the first guy's like, hey, well, what are you doing over there? He's like, nothing, <laughs> nothing. My stuff. The stuff will do my strange precious. things to a person. Yeah. Um, and then the other guy sucks his finger. Yeah. They just seem like really rugged men on a really rugged sort of like workman site. <laughs> but it's that delicious. Mm. So they use different things for the stuff for the actors to use. So I've got a list here. Custard, ice cream, yogurt, whipped cream, shaving cream. Mm. I mean, they could, couldn't they have just found whipped cream that looked like <laughs> shaving cream for that poor little boy? No, but he wants the jeopardy. He wants the actors on edge. It's like, what am I going to be putting in my That's mouth? That's a fun trick, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> and when they had uh, the huge mass of stuff, that was fire department foam, which is made up of ground up fish bones and guts, apparently. Yikes! So you didn't want to be anywhere near that set. You like, want the marshmallow, do you? You never, you never want to be near a burning building just after they put it out. It's like, um, So they reckon they can sell it to people and then it sort of jumps around a bit we meet kid jason he wakes up because he's too hot he heads downstairs he finds the stuff moving around his fridge his dad finds him doesn't believe him dad is That's weirdly nasty. angry yeah. <laughs> because his son's cut. But I, I was thinking maybe it's the stuffs in his head is making hope, him turn. I hope that's it. It must he's be. Like, he's like, never do this to me again. And yeah. he's like, what, just get a bit to eat? Yeah, like, I was a bit hungry in the night. I think he reported back to his wife later. He goes, he was at the fridge in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah. So to be fair, it is the stuff doing it yeah. to him then. Because... He whacks him, doesn't he? Doesn't he hit him? Yeah, he hits him. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. shocking. It's, it's, 
Oh, yeah. yeah. I was like, God, oh, those brothers are well cast. They look a lot like brothers. They're brothers. They're brothers. <laughs> they are. They yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also couldn't believe it. I was like, God, they're <laughs> yeah. so sick. Oh, those, right. eye, those eyes are mad that they've got. <laughs> yeah. Quite green eyes, aren't they? Yeah. In the dark, yeah. Um, we've got an advert. There's a, a woman likes the stuff better than ice cream. Is she somebody? It's no. Sort of, no. Right. No, no, okay. no. Just models. It's models enjoying right. the stuff. I'm a big girl and I like the stuff. <laughs> That's what she says. Well, because enough is never enough. Never, never, never enough. <laughs> enough is never enough. Enough is never enough. <laughs> well, interestingly, what she called the actress uh, Andrea Markovici, who plays Nicole, she said she took she took the role because um, she'd had bad experiences with dangerous dieting, and she felt like the film was trying to make comment on that. That's the whole eighties, isn't it? Like you know, think about think about the death of Margarine, for instance. Like when I who was, was she? To... <laughs> she was at the wedding on Saturday. <laughs> she, was you know a, she was a Madonna cover artist. <laughs> she was just known as Margarine. <laughs> but that's like there were we obviously there was diet. I mean, not so much in this country, but you heard like diet pills and whatever. But I totally didn't realise margarine had done one. It's, it's gone, You can it? still get it, but it's dangerous. People are like, this shit is dangerous. Just, and then there's been like a resurgence of like good fats. So it's like, we should just eat butter. Like, just have butter. Mm. Don't have a butter substitute unless it's olive oil. You know, all this conflicting science, but it's really mm. interesting. Because anybody's mum, broad strokes, in the 80s was like, we're going to fry everything in margarine mm. because I'm going to die. Like, it was just like, I'm going to put your Rosemary Conley on and fret about your weight for 10 years. Rosemary Conley. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that takes me back. There you go. Put Thin Lizzy on. Yeah. <laughs> Thin's in her name? <laughs> what? You don't say that these days. No. Like, no. Um, so we we cut from that to some suits having a business meeting on a boat. These are the we, we, they don't really say it, but we learn that these are the ice cream companies unhappy. <laughs> the, the ice cream cartel. Yeah. <laughs> the ice cream cartel are upset that the makers of the stuff are building an empire. They're going national, and these other owners want to know how to make it. They're trying to analyse the ingredients, mm. so they hire an industrial spy. Michael Moriarty, what a legend this man is. I knew, I knew you liked him from Cue the Winged yeah, Serpent. So, it's, so, I'm so not can I just say good. something about him? He's a good actor. Right. Okay. But he's doing something here <laughs> that might not be good acting. We can discuss it. He's playing Mo Rutherford, industrial espionage. espionage. Why do they call him Mo? Because... Whenever someone gives him money, he always wants Mo. <laughs> So I guess I guess it's because I love he doesn't his voice. His no, song at, at voice. first I was like, "This I can't, I can't watch any more of this." And then by the end, of, just of him, and then it massively grew on me. I loved him by the end, He's, but it took me a while. Well, so obviously him and Larry Cohen are friends. They made a lot of films together. Mo wasn't written for Michael Moriarty and was written as a straight leading man character. And then he cast Michael, <laughs> and he realised he had to change everything because he said Michael's musical. And so it becomes jazz. And Michael, and he, you can hear it. Michael, he does sing his lines. He does. He doesn't speak them. And so they're just kind of, he, because they know each other so well, he's writing new scenes all the time <clears> because <throat> Moriarty gets yeah. bored. He wants to keep it interesting. So he's got new lines all the time. And he's just shouting at lines that he incorporates. So he mm. said no one else could have done it. I mean, it, is, it takes a little while to get used to. I yeah. agree with you. It's, it's large. Mm. It's broad. Took it's me big. all of one second. I was like, sold. Yeah. This man is great. <laughs> I love the story. If you, obviously, there's a, the wonderful documentary, King Cohen, all about Larry Cohen. And they've got Michael Moriarty and Larry Cohen. And they're both separate talking heads talking about this. And uh, Larry Cohen, like you say, likes a tall tale. He's like, yeah, so when I cast Michael, he was like, I need a wig. 
uh, for this role because, you know, I need to look like a leading man. And Michael Moriarty, it cuts to him going, did he say that? <laughs> that is not <laughs> true. He was the one who told me to wear the wig. <laughs> uh, I've said this before. My, King Cohen's one of the best documentaries about filmmaking. It's, great. it's really inspiring about this guy's can-do attitude and the weird shit he made. Um, so, yeah, Mo, I, I guess also we, so he, he says he's Mo because he doesn't want, pe- want people to know his real name. If you're undercover, yes. you can't tell people you're Daniel. So it's actually clever a code. <laughs> there was a bloke um, in my university town who who was insisted on being called Tiger Woods because <laughs> he was in and out of prison a, a lot. And so if people couldn't didn't know what his name was, they couldn't identify him for stuff. But there was surely only one man in the town going around by the name Tiger Woods. It's a really good point. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't just say, oh, I'm Chris Smith. Like, you don't know him. That's kid. better. <laughs> clever. Clever. I think he was inspired by that advert where all the kids were saying, I'm Tiger Woods. But <laughs> right. Anyway. So there's an advert about pretending you're Tiger Woods as well. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't... The, he wasn't no, the, I'm I mean, sure he's not listening. Because yeah. he, uh, he was frightening. He's had a bad um, start, I think. He, yeah. he wasn't the brightest lad. <laughs> um, so uh, he's been kicked out of the FBI as Mo Rutherford. He's been blackballed, but he can go undercover. He's already got the people on the boat bugged. Mm-hmm. And he gets their money and punches one out. Really, when you go back someone. to the FBI, will you give them a message from me? Thanks. <laughs> Great. No, you're fired. That is not what we do in the ice cream industry, <laughs> Daniel. <laughs> That's how good he is. He yeah. can just do what he likes. Yeah. He makes fun of them. He says they've got sweaty palms, bugs them. Yeah, hits and them. You, <laughs> yeah, hit, well, that, he's not an ice cream guy. I think he's oh, an he's FBI, FBI guy. Yeah. Uh, so we've got a wonderful scene now uh, on the shoot of an advert, another stuff advert of women in fur coats. Uh, Mo interrupts the suit and meets uh, the sort of producer, Nicole, this marketing uh, executive. He offers her a job. Um, so he's going to buy her yeah, company. He's going to buy her company and put her in charge. And later, he isn't, and she's like, "Don't worry about it." Yeah. Like that's a, that for me is a big problem. Like she's been promised a multi-million dollar buyout so, of these two movies that yeah. we're doing this week. Which relationship <laughs> do you prefer, so, Doctor Dan and Ellie, or over here we got Mo and <laughs> uh, I want to say her Nicole. name, Nicole. Nicole. I think I prefer Mo and Nicole. I think. So he offers to buy her agency. Yeah. She asks if his hotel does room service. Mental, absolutely <laughs> oh, mental. On. It was the eighties though. Yeah. The thing is, he's just offered, he's buying your company. I'd argue, you don't have I'd to argue it's not quick enough. <laughs> it's not quick it enough. It should be the other way around. I will shag you. Are you going to buy it? Oh, you are? Well, then I won't. Like, it's done. You don't need to do it. You don't need to put out. He's already interested. But he's hot. It, it, what? Because of his sing song voice. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, but fine. But people no. call me Mo because whenever you offer me sex, I always want Mo. <laughs> we want some Mo! We want some Mo! Oh. Um, <laughs> we got Jason trashing tubs of the stuff in a supermarket. Oh, I love that. That's great because he doesn't just do it a bit; he like fully like loses. Yeah, it. there's quite a lot of security who cannot control this kid. <laughs> it's going to kill you all. He shouts, and I've written down it's become quite episodic here. Episodic. Oh, you're funny. <laughs> it's I'm going... Yeah, I found it quite titillating actually. Mm, oh, good, stuff. very good. The old um, one too. Any more? No, there isn't. <laughs> All right, I've got a section now called Stuffed Dog. So Mo visits... Oh, okay. What the fuck is this all about? Mo visits Mr. Vickers, played by Danny Aiello. Yeah. Uh, he's pretending to be a journalist here. He asks how long he's been on the Food and Drug Administration. He's finding about testing and, impro- and approving the stuff. He explains there's uh, not medicine. Uh, and there's a big dog called Ben in the room, <laughs> who Vickers seems very scared of. Yeah. So yeah. it's like... To so the that- point that Mo says... Why is your master scared of you? Have you seen the dog? Why is your master scared of you? Because I'm a master. 
dog. Lion dog. Yeah, I think it, I think it's a, I think it's actually a banned breed in the UK. I think really? it's yeah. I th- it looks like a, a doggo argentino or argento, which is a hunting dog from Argentina, which is right. about a banned breed in the UK. Okay, so. Uh, Mo stumbles on a room full of the stuff mm. in Vicar's house. I, I don't know. We, we learn later in the film that some people are more susceptible. So is the dog eating more of the stuff than Vickers? But, but, but why? And that's why the dog's in control rather than Vickers. But also he says, I'll buy more. And it's like, how much does the dog get through? <laughs> because there's a massive room full well, of it. Well, it can open its mouth quite wide. <laughs> why, why does the dog then kill him, though? Because they're both they're both eating the stuff, so they're both is, stuffy. Is the dog is a killing dog not him? Meant to, is, is the a dog, dog killing him because he's telling information to Mo? Oh. Super uh, smart dog, then. Yeah, maybe. Well, he's, he does pull the cord out of the wall of <laughs> the phone. Well, he's a stuffy. He's no longer a dog. I mean, the question is does the stuff take on the intelligence of the thing it inhabits, or does it bring its own sentience to the creature? Well, it, it definitely inhabits? has with the dog. The dog, the dog is smarter than right. a normal it dog. It seems to be. Could, would <clears> Simon. smarter than a normal dog. <laughs> if you were trying to make a phone call and Simon didn't want you to, would he know to pull the cord out no, of the wall? No, he just puts his hand on the button. He just like, presses it. says, I was talking to you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Are you really going to answer that now? <laughs> now. I thought we were having a conversation. We are having a conversation, Simon. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so this is our first stuff kill because uh, Ben the dog's... I can Ben the dog because it doesn't sound like a dog, does it? <laughs> Who calls a dog by human name? Ben the dog's yeah. mouth opens. <laughs> <In the seeker>. <laughs> <laughs> Simon! Did you get the looks in the park you wanted? <laughs> I, yeah, I sort of didn't want them Has in the the novelty warmed off? <laughs> yeah, it's weird. I mean, once the first person who came up and went, are you looking Have for you a child? Yeah. yeah, I was like, ah! That's so funny! Thank you! And then you don't realise. I didn't realise how many strangers you had to speak to when you've got a dog that a attacks things. So, oh, right. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, it's like, yeah, he doesn't attack things. Squirrels. Just children. Just yeah. children. Uh, so Ben's mouth open wide, the stuff emerges, and, and Ben kills Vickers. Mm. Um, <laughs> and on that happy moment? Who knows? I mean, I'm happy for me. I'm on Ben's side. All right, we're taking a break anyway. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. And we're back, and it's time to meet Chocolate Chip Charlie. Do we um, have to? <laughs> Did I miss a beak? So I was like, who the fuck is this right now? Like, He's a cookie magnate. I didn't know that. Uh, his hand's a secret I weapon. I mean, it's literally about the third thing that Mo says. He goes, you're the cookie magnate. Yeah. Chocolate Chip Charlie. And his name's Chocolate Chip Charlie. Yeah, okay. Um, and he's also investigating the stuff because I guess the people oh. from the stuff have got control of his company. Right. Um, so this is someone I talked about quite recently. Yeah, um, this I is know. Garrett Morris, who uh, on the Forty Eight Hours episode, uh, when Nick Nolte was told that an African American gentleman on on the Saturday Night Live cast was a drug addict, yeah, and he didn't want to work with Eddie Murphy because of it, 
and then found out later it wasn't Eddie Murphy. It was this actor. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, Garrett Morris. Um, I was looking up what he got up to. One of his favourite pastimes was getting high in his dressing room instead of working out the blocking prior to Saturday Night Live. Morris's drug use got so bad that he began to claim that an invisible hypnotist robot was sitting on his shoulder and controlling his actions. Really? Interesting. An invisible yeah. hypnotist. The reason I say that is because I used to, when, it, this it, is when it, we were at college, I used to talk about this, the gesture of shame. So we would wake up from a night carousing and I would say, oh, I feel like, you know, you, there's like a little jester and I'd try and go through my day and then it would kind of like bonk me on the head with a memory and go, but do you remember that? And I'd be like, doing my work. And then I'd go, oh, fuck. Yeah. And I used to picture it as a little court jester with a little hit, like a Punch and Judy really thing. really pleased I didn't know that at the time. <laughs> Really I, I would just be looking at her shoulders yeah. trying to freak her out. <laughs> yeah, like just had a stick. Yeah. Bonk. Invisible. How are you doing? Not you, Vicky. The jester. <laughs> anyway. So there's some business here. There's a gas station guy who's got a load of stuff and then stuff spills out of his there's big mouth. an interesting line here where he says, leave us alone. We're not bothering anybody, mm. which is an interesting bigger story to this stuff just wants to inhabit these people and then it'll stop or if it wants domination well, I guess if that's it's it- a lie. Both of these films, we didn't really talk about it too much on Monday, but both these films are very Invasion of the Body Snatchers. And I guess in those films, the idea is actually maybe society would be better if we were all pod people. Um, but they, they, he punches a guy's head and it's empty because of the stuff intake. So if you eat enough stuff, your brain disappears. Well, you're um, just hollowed out. You're just a vessel that's transporting this goop around and yeah. there's nothing left of you. Nothing so when right it exits you. your body, yeah. it leaves nothing behind. Uh. Um, so, can you explain this diner scene to me? Because I don't understand why they ask for some stuff and then they're told there isn't any stuff and then actually <clears> there is loads yeah, of stuff. Yeah, like it's like they're hoarding it, but I don't know why. Right. Okay. Like they want it for themselves. I don't know. Okay. But I do wonder because this is when Charlie sends Mo to New York to see the FBI. Yeah. And I think this is the last we see of Charlie until the end of the film. It is. So, I don't understand how Charlie gets turned by the stuff because he wouldn't eat it voluntarily so i wonder if they sneakily get him here in this diner because we know it's a stuffed diner <clears throat> maybe yeah it needs clarification i'm afraid <laughs> there's, a, there's a few moments like that in this so Mo, Mo heads to new york where the stuff agents are on to him um he meets with the distributor who's the actor who played the captain of the ship in under siege yes yes patrick Mc. Um, patrick o'neill patrick o'neill Thank good shouts um, and he tells him to let go of it. You can't stop it. He's already gone too far, the stuff. Mm. But Mo thinks he can. So this is this is this is Larry Cohen. This is what he was saying about the. I think he called them the Madison Avenue people, the people who just don't give a fuck about the effect mm. of their product on society. Here, represented by Patrick O'Neill, as a guy who's just like, hey, don't matter. We're just going to farm it. We're going to farm it out there. We're going to make yep. a lot of money, more um, money. And I don't eat it myself. Is the key. He's like, I wouldn't touch it. Mm. No, not for me. Uh, he says, I want more money, and Mo says, more money, more problems. <laughs> I, I, I wrote that. Um, Jason's family is all eating the stuff for dinner. Um, there's something alive in there. Uh, he says, um, they're good for us, Jason. They kill the bad things inside us. It's all yeah. good. It's all, that's yogurt advertising. <laughs> it is. It's your cult. Yeah. Uh, bye-bye to another sponsor. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we, there's a bit, moment here, is it, where the mum says we don't get tired? Any more now, mm. we're, now eating we're eating properly. properly yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's good. And, it's, and it keeps her slim. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's good. 
Because it's bad. Yes. Um, and yeah, so Jason chucks it down the toilet and fills it with shaving foam. Don't fill it up to the top, Jason. You're going to have to eat all that shaving foam. Also, chuck it down the toilet and come downstairs and say, yeah, I've eaten it. Mm, lovely. Delicious. <laughs> uh, we go to Georgia now uh, because we learned that, we learned that they, they've moved all the stuff stuff to Georgia. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, a, a, there's a fact. There's a, there's there's a, a brilliant there's a line. There's a brilliant line where someone goes, "Apparently, eating the stuff uh, may, leads to mass migration." <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> yep. Is that why we're going to Georgia? Yep. So the relocation has happened, and Mo and Nicole tour the stuff factory, and we get some ADR here because sometimes you've not read it in the script where someone <laughs> says you've got to eat enough of it to, for it to take over the mind, and some are more susceptible. I yep. thank God for that. Yeah, it's useful. <laughs> I was so Literally. lost. I, 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 I like, what that. does I it like, want? What like, does it do? That feels like an interesting amount of information <laughs> over a shot of a limousine. That's not very conversational. <laughs> um. We've got a motel, and this is when the stuff comes out of a pillow and attacks oh, Mo. Yeah, good, really good. Uh, Nicole burns it off, and then a guy attacks. <laughs> does a guy? Does that guy think that Mo's attacking Nicole, and so comes to attack? No, Mo? I thought he was a stuffy. Right, but then why does the stuff attack him? Who fucking knows? Yeah, this is a real problem with this whole sequence because I'm like, yeah. who's he? Why is he attacking Mo? Why is the stuff attacking I him? Think he, he... I think he's a normal man who thinks that Mo's attacking Nicole because that's what it looks like when he opens the door. Mm-hmm. Why is he opening the door and inviting? Because, because oh, of the noises. Yeah, yeah. Right, it yeah. sounds like someone's been attacked by this some stuff. <laughs> um, so uh, the stuff pins this poor bloke to the wall. Yeah. Uh, and this is where um, they they turned the set on its side to shoot that. So they they said it's the Fred Astaire shot. I've written down Virtual Insanity by Jamiroquai shot. <laughs> That's how we know it, isn't it? Yeah. Or I guess um, Nightmare on Elm Street did it where, with Johnny Depp, where the whole oh, yeah. where it all turns around the set. But anyway, it looks it looks really cool. It I does. think here this death is a great death. Uh, they find the source of the stuff in a quarry. Uh, it's being taken out of the ground and pumped straight into supermarkets. They're not did, doing anything to it. Did anyone, they could do something to it? Go on, sorry. Did anyone get? Real close encounters of this yes, third kind vibe from this. Because I was they're watching peeking this. behind the rocks yeah. as well. Yeah, that was it. Rocks. You've got all these searchlights set up. Oh, I you've think got, it looks brilliant. You've got this combination of like Oh, nature. but do I think it looks brilliant because it makes me realise no, this No, this is better than Close Encounters. I actually wrote, I think this might be better than Close Encounters. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I call a Close Encounter. Uh, Mo goes undercover in a yellow jumpsuit. Um, Jason gets trapped in a truck with stuff flowing towards him. Good idea. Yeah, Jason idea. Ar- Jason has an argument with the stuff. Mm. Uh, Mo hears him and drives the truck away and blows the site up because he's yep. got bomb on him. Or something. In his ankles. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's sort of weird that he straps it to his ankles and takes it off less than five minutes later. <laughs> Put him in a pocket. <laughs> now uh, there's a big handbrake turn as we meet the army. <laughs> Yay! Uh, they drive to a castle where some soldiers appear, all of them reporting to Colonel Spears, played by Mr. Paul Savino. So I... I like the idea. So in my head at this point, they are very much... It's like Colonel Kurtz. It's the end of Apocalypse Mm -hmm. Now. Or, or, for a modern reference, Christopher Eccleston in 28 Days Later. A group of soldiers who are more loyal Mm. to their commander than they are to their country anymore. Or Joe Rogan and his listeners. (laughs) And there are parallels with Joe Rogan and this character, as we will get to at the end. Appreciate that. Um, So, yeah, and he's, he's sort of... He's a very paranoid. He was worried about commies putting fluoride in the water. And Mo's able to explain to him, well, this is worse. This is, they've already infiltrated us, Spears. They're here. People are eating it. Um, uh, so Spears agrees to help and he's, he decides he's now with Nicole. 
He does, mm. yeah. You yeah. can reward me later. Which well, is very I much want, like... I want to be rewarded in the right way, is his exact word. Picky words. as well as... It sounds like a Dr. Dan line. <laughs> but it's a bit Chris Eccleston and his lot in 28 Days Later, although I guess they're doing it to repopulate, but also yeah. it's not in the nicest way. No. <laughs> Put it in a jar. At least, what you're saying? at least buy a dinner. <laughs> Um, so yeah, uh, the, 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 the the army helped them, or the what are they? What are they? they are the soldiers help them. Yeah, they aren't the army. Uh, they shoot the place up. It's good line here from Spears. I kind of like the sight of blood, but this is disgusting. Yeah. Um, and he claims he's never lost a war. Jason suggests Vietnam. Love that. Some funny stuff. Yeah. He said, we lost that one at home, Sonny. <laughs> uh, this is all very Larry Cohen, though, having little digs at his own country. Um, satire all the way through it. Um, Nicole and Jason are chased by this stuff, and it smashes through pipes and walls of the factory. I think it looks really cool here. Yeah, this on- is an excellent scene. Tiny budget, and yet he's made it look like something I've never seen before on screen. Um, they get in a chopper. Um, Spears has got a radio station I've written down here because he's basically Joe Rogan so they head there but there's <laughs> there's taxis waiting for them and the taxi driver says what is this World War 2 and Colonel Spears says just get us to 4th and Main and no more of your liberal remarks <laughs> <laughs> and he orders them to give the drivers tips and get receipts I love that bit it's, it's so good <laughs> um, and Nicole drafts a press release because that's an exciting way to enter a movie yeah. and then it's like is there a need to rehearse this speech are we not up against the clock a little bit (laughs) she refers to herself as the the queen of ex-liars she's the villain in this movie the movie wants me to believe because later on when she's she's like this is my fault I'm sorry about well they do establish at the start that she is she is she came up with the name and all the marketing so she has she didn't put the mind-bending qualities inside the product though she just did a nice advert yeah she was hired to promote a product that she didn't know came out of the earth and was taking over people's carcasses she's doing her job Mm. Uh, Chocolate Chip Charlie's back. Um, Spears doesn't want a black man on his broadcast. Mm. Disturbing stuff here. What, what's written here? I will permit this coloured man to speak. He changes his mind yeah. eventually. Um, but yeah, I mean, Spears is presented as a bad dude, yes. isn't he? So uh, that's sort of in keeping with his personality. Uh, and then Charlie turns on Nicole. Good, good scene. Good effects work here. Neck bulges, mouth open, stuff emerges, and a rubber hand puppet pops out. <laughs> um, it's a bit grim. Uh, we don't know how they got Charlie. Uh, I feel like it would have been nice if the African-American character had survived. This is something that Jordan Jordan Peele's talked about a lot that literally every 80s movie if they introduce a black character they're going to die we see it here Um, especially as he was a goodie Um, and so yeah to save themselves they electrocute the stuff that's correct uh, and survive and so this is when she mentions we're under alien attack I kind of wish that wasn't in there so it was a bit more ambiguous especially if they're going for this environmental message Um, and they tell the world to cook it so Nicole does a piece to camera explaining that it withdrew and the nations collected and destroyed the stuff. <laughs> it was lucky, isn't it? Everybody just did what they were told. <laughs> <laughs> she sees images. We see images of piles of stuff being burned, stores being blown up. Casualties were in their thousands, but they saved millions. Mm. Uh, and that's the end, apart from this little coda where um, <laughs> we learn that ice cream businesses and the stuff are back in business now um, because it's seeping up through the earth all over the place. And they've collaborated on the taste, which has 12% of the stuff in it, uh, but the balance is with dairy. So there's not enough to take a grip of your mind. Right. This is what would happen. That's clever. It, yeah. It, it also sounds like a viable product. It does. Uh, I, I don't see a problem with that. If it tastes great and doesn't take over your mind... <laughs> 
I mean, Patrick O'Neill is onto something. It's a shame that he has to die. Well, he, they won't taste it themselves, will they? Until Mo pulls out a gun and Jason appears with the stuff and they get force fed. I Mainly that so. Bit where he's like, he's all grown up now and he's like, I am actually, so I can do this. I think that's brilliant. And we get the key line here. Are you eating it or is it eating you? Yeah. It's an important line. Little Jason has graduated from trashing supermarkets to murder uh, by the end of this movie. Great arc. Yeah. So that's a great line. And now the stuff is being sold on the black market like cocaine, the end. And some Superman music. Um, So that's the stuff. Yeah. Right. Favourite scene, Vicky? Pillow, then fire on your face. Mm. I was surprised. He's got the stuff on his face. And she's like, I'm just going to set fire to you. Be like, are, are you sure yes. this will work? Can we double check? Can yeah. you just test it on the carpet? Yeah. Is there not another way before you set fire to my face? <laughs> so mine is almost that motel scene because I think it's great. But as we discussed, the logic of the guy, it would it would just be so perfect if I understood what his purpose was and why he was in there. It became clear, perhaps, that he is trying to protect Nicole from Mo. So it's not that it's almost chocolate chip charlie's death just because it looks absolutely best i think it's the best effects work in the movie but it is the introduction of mo because what with the sweaty palms i love it i was like i was like am i going to enjoy this movie oh yes i am (laughs) hello michael moriarty uh for me the best scene is chocolate chip charlie getting stuffed uh, but my favourite scene is when the dog rips the cord out of the wall. <laughs> <laughs> it, it just invites so many questions. Are all animals sentient Because now? it's so precise as well. It's not like tugging, it's like, nip, like just does it. <laughs> uh, Alex, most valuable whatever. I think you know the answer to this. It's a man named Michael Moriarty and his portrayal of Mo in the movie. <laughs> Love him. I think he's brilliant. I think he makes this movie. Vicky. Uh, yeah, very fun. Because I went on a journey with Michael Moriarty because I thought this is unwatchable. Uh, Paul Savino is very funny, but I think I might be projecting about everything else I've seen him in. <laughs> so I, I mean this, I'm not being arch. It's the stuff. Like, I don't know what it wants and I don't really know what it is or does in any sort of consistent fashion. But every single time you see it, you're like... Hooray! Mm. It's the stuff. Do you like the ambiguity or do you think you needed more? I think there's a lot. I'm being told a lot of things. I like the idea that it's come up from the ground and nobody knows why mm. and who and if it's a natural whatever. The alien thing, I think you're right, it's too much information. Mm. I just like, it just looks like fun. I like it when it's like a big tidal wave of stuff and it's like, doop, doop, doop. <laughs> I just think it's good. <laughs> um, my most valuable ever is, in case we never do him again, uh, Larry Cohen. Yeah, uh, I yeah. just think we're going to be doing Cue the Winged Serpent, so we are all right. Again. And then can we also do God Told Me To and It's Alive? Mm. He didn't direct Phone Booth, but we may as well chuck that in. Yeah, yeah. let's do all his films. Fine. Uh, so yeah, Larry Cohen. I just think I just think he's a special person. He, he's like he's like the more fucked up John Carpenter. I feel like they were both doing sort of political genre films at the same time, but John Carpenter was doing them on a bigger, bigger budget and a bit better. Yeah. Uh, change, Vicky. Uh, I can't believe you haven't mentioned this. I would like there to be the creation of the portal to a shared universe with the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man. Okay. I think it's all there. <laughs> I don't know how you do it. I haven't thought beyond that, but it's the timing's perfect. 84, 85. So just do that for me, please. Fine. Uh, so my change is literally the opposite of your most valuable whatever. 
I, I want to know what the stuff is. Yeah. I want, not what it is. I can handle something coming out of the earth, but I want to know how it works. It's rules, the rules. I need to understand. Is it sentient? What effect does it have? Like, how much you, there's so much thrown in about how much you eat, what it can do, where it stops, what it controls, what it doesn't control. I was just like, I just, I need some rules for the stuff and you're not giving me any. And so I sort of lost my handle on really enjoying the movie. What rule do you want? Well, does it take over your brain so it can propagate? Like, or does it, is it spores? Like, how does it get more? How is, or is there just an unlimited supply of it and, and it's do, killing people for fun? Do you have to keep it eating it? Does it run out? Or like, if you, if you, you, pass if you it? eat enough and then it stays in you, like, what, what's, what happens? Like, people he- And is it yogurt or ice cream and do you keep it in the fridge or the freezer? Exactly. Massive. I think the movie gets wrong what Halloween gets right, and that's having a villain. I think those suits at the end don't mean anything to us. I think you need to give us a mastermind or someone in charge of doing the bidding of the stuff. Right. Um, because it might muddy the message somewhat, but I think it would be more satisfying than our big death at the end being Chocolate Chip Charlie. Yes. That just feels wrong to me. Yeah. So I think we do need a Cochrane, even if it's just someone who's been enslaved by the stuff. And then they could do the explanation that you're asking for. But as it stands, we don't have anyone to do that. Yeah, and then the, it can erupt into a big Stay Puft Marshmallow Man kind mm-hmm. of stuffed monster. Perfecto. Yes. Mm. There we are. It's time for the verdict. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! I'm, do- I'm, really good. I'm, doing a, I'm doing a Cochrane clap. Yeah, the knowing clap. Mm, yeah. So now Pissed then. and she still managed. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's quite true. Uh, right, so I think I would like Chris Tilly to go first. Okay, I haven't got one yet. Okay, so I'm going to cool. come with it on the spot. Because yeah. I actually like these films in different ways equally. But I think I'm going to have to go with uh, what I've just said. That, that lack of a villain in the stuff makes it makes me want to watch it less than I want to watch Halloween because I get excited when Cochrane shows up. So I really love the stuff, but I think I can see myself not watching ever again. <laughs> you said to me at Vicky's wedding, ah, these are going to be movies, Alex, that you're just going to watch again and again and maybe, again. Maybe, this, maybe I will. But Halloween, I definitely will. Yeah. Halloween's got a... Got a uh, 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 <laughs> Halloween's got a, an anniversary. It's got a date, right? Yeah. To watch it on, the stuff needs a date. So because there's no stuff date every year, I'm going for Halloween three. Season bet of the week. There's a national ice cream day that you could, or yogurt day. Not, it's not right. ice cream. All right, I'm going for the stuff. <laughs> what, what are you what picking? Are you? Halloween three. Right. Okay. You can go next. If you uh, so I, I agree with New World Pictures, <laughs> uh, the financiers and distributors of the stuff. Um, I think. The horror, every horror moment in that movie, I love. The motel scene, even though the logic breaks down, Chocolate Chip Charlie's death, uh, the kid in the tank, the stuff that's meant to be scary, I think is great. And it's where the comedy comes in that it slightly tests my resolve. Uh, I just, I just didn't, I didn't, it, I just didn't enjoy it as much as I thought I was going to. Whereas Halloween 3, I mean, yeah, it's not perfect, but killing little buddy. Oh my God, that was amazing. That nihilistic end. Oh, it was near perfect. Should have ended with a chorus of children screaming, but it's a minor point. So, easy one for me this week. It is without a doubt Halloween three season of the witch, in my opinion. Okay. So I was, I was, I thought this was easy, but then your love of the stuff 
kind of almost changed my mind, but actually, ultimately, it didn't. I think it's really enjoyable, and it's. If admirable. I'd vote for the stuff, would you vote for the stuff? Yeah, maybe. Oh, no. I just think as well. I do have a very like inst- uh, a primal urge for like a story and a thing and something that looks like a film. Uh, and Halloween three, Halloween three is like the straight version of the stuff, and it is, does that make it better or worse? Like the stuff is is, is it feels guerrilla style. Some of the scenes, the scene with Danny Aiello and. Michael Moriarty feels like a fucking rehearsal. Like, it's unbelievable. Mm, yeah. But you've got to admire that kind of filmmaking. But ultimately, uh, Halloween 3 is just more polished. So, yeah, that one. Right then. We have a winner. And that winner, unanimously, uh, which is surprising, uh, is Halloween 3 season. Of the witch. But as always, don't forget you can have your say and tell us how right or wrong you think we got it when the listener poll goes up on our Twitter at ClashPod very soon. Let's look ahead to our final Shocktober of 2023 and the clue Chris gave on Monday. I gave the clue Jewel of the Fates because the films we will be doing are Final Destination <laughs> and Drag Me to Hell. Final Destination and Drag Me to Hell. That is our final Shocktober pairing this year. They're available in all sorts of places. Oh, I'm going to miss Shocktober. I do love Shocktober, but what a pair to go out on. Yeah, and I don't think that'll stop us doing horror films. Oh, my God, it won't. No, right, it won't. It just won't be called Shocktober. Uh, <laughs> right <laughs> So, in the meantime, do subscribe on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your pods. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at ClashPod. We'll be back on Monday with part one of our final Shocktober as we talk final destination. Have a lovely weekend. Bye-bye. Clash of the Titles is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.